Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Tuesday, and of course, welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. We start, we start the podcast, we start the show with the fallout from the Premier League, where, of course, Fireman Sam's West Brom smashed Southampton at the Hawthorns. That was live on TalkSport 2. And yes, VAR also reared its very large and massively ugly head once again. Uh, more on that shortly, but we begin with Brighton and Everton drawing at the Amex Stadium. Here's how things folded across TalkSport. Brighton nil, Everton nil. It's been a weekend of sporting drama. Rachel Blackmore winning the Grand National. Matsuama triumphing at the Masters. And then there was Brighton against Everton. It was an absolute shocker. No, we never talk about Champions League. To play in Europe is our target. As I, as I said, it's more difficult, but it's, it is possible. We lost two points, I think, um, but... We are still in the fight. We've drawn a lot, and I think there's, that's where the um, work is, where it can be exciting for us, because if you turn those into into some wins, then that's how you move at the table quite quite easily. But um, it's easier said than done, of course, that's the challenge. But again, our performance again was, was solid enough to get something. It's important to keep picking up points in this league. Uh, that's 33 for us now. We need to keep fighting. And it's a huge win for West Bromwich Albion and Sam Allardyce for the first time in this Premier League campaign. They've managed back-to-back victories. Tell you what, if they keep playing like that, they will cause other teams trouble and they can only worry about themselves. So they're organised, they're fighting, they're giving everything. If they keep playing like this, you never ever know. They're definitely going to take it for a good few more games, that's for sure. It's our first uh, first batter-back uh, wins this season. Uh, but we've been a really good side for a long time now and uh, unfortunately, because the performances we've given haven't ended up in a win, it's been, it's been undermined by the quality of our performance and how well we've played against some tough opposition, some opposition in and around us. We definitely could see too many goals in the moment and this is uh, something that we have to work on and uh, we have to yeah, be very self-critical because uh, it's not possible to win anything when you, when you always concede so easy goals. It's such crucial decisions, you've got to get the right decision. But my initial thoughts are, Diania, who was a, he's had a few goals disallowed just by marginal offside, I think he's onside. Yeah. Well, no, they've given it. They've given it as offside. Dianya is not. Dianya is not offside. Wow. Imagine if there were fans in the ground. But the delay is massive, but I, don't, I just don't see it. I think VAR has been um, a disaster for us today on the first goal, because uh, you look at that, it's definitely a goal. There's no reason or no camera angle they can't get to show that it's a goal. Um, and, and I can speak freely on this because it hasn't cost us and what, how costly it might have been um, if we hadn't scored the three goals we did tonight. When I was looking at it, I, I actually thought they got the wrong player. 
what they said is that they weren't measuring that player. What they were looking for, they were looking for a definitive angle that got uh, Dianya and Benrek in the same sequence and they couldn't find it because they couldn't find it obviously there's there's no evidence to say it was onside so therefore they defaulted to the assistance view which was offside so, so that was the decision given on field decision without the VAR world it still would have been disallowed wouldn't it now Edison Cavani's opening for Manchester United against Spurs was ruled out by VAR we've got a show to do I'm doing the podcast lines for Andy Goldstein's Talksport Daily Podcast train the madness come on hurry up I'm doing the he's un- unbelievable that fellow he knows he shouldn't and where was I? Oh, yeah. Oh, Son got hit in the face. Anyway, Danny Murphy believes referee Chris Kavanagh missed an opportunity to prevent more players diving in the future. We'll also hear from a typically feisty Simon John, but first, this is the Watford skipper, Troy Deeney, on the incident and why the game is in serious trouble. Yep, Cundy's gone. The game's gone. Absolutely gone. I'm sick of coming up here and talking about VAR. And If that's a foul now, we're in some serious, serious trouble going forward. Because there's not going to be any touching. It'd just be, yeah, Jamie, you shoot, I'll shoot. Let's yeah. see who scores. And the problem now is they know that VAR is going to look back at it. I'm not looking forward to going back to that next year. Has he disallowed the goal? Yes, he has. They're going to go back to where they were on the pitch. And I must say, I think this is a disgraceful decision. The way the game is going now is you're going to have to retrain kids, retrain coaches that you can't put your arms up for anything. You're supposed to jump now with your hands in your pockets. Like, it's... In, it's becoming embarrassing, but I do think they're going to have to revisit it and have a look and maybe tweak some of the rules before the start of next season. The officials made the wrong decision, but I have some sympathy for them because there is an absolute epidemic, and let's not let's not sugarcoat it, there is an epidemic of cheating going on. Mm-hmm. And as you say, maybe that has been uh, maybe that's been worsened by VAR. For me, the officials again have missed a wonderful opportunity to set a precedent and set an example um, to stop players diving around for any contact. I thought when he looked at it again, he should have said, you know, to, look, it's a goal. Get up. Crack on. That's it's nothing. I mean, if, if, that was, if that's a foul, Gazza would have never been a footballer. The culture of diving originates in the player's psyche and it's perpetuated by their own managers allowing them to do it on a week-by-week basis. Can you imagine a scenario where ex-manager pulls Y player in his office and says to him, I am sick and tired of you diving in the box, right? It's a it's a scourge of the game. Cut it out. Because that's what you should have. Yeah. But in the real world where events overtake and outcomes are more prevalent, that's not going to happen. And then you're asking, you're asking the referees to unpick a culture of deceit and liberty. Why should they have to unpick that culture? I think the referee has to take a huge look at himself because also, if he was here this morning now saying, what did you see there? What made you change that? we could all have some form of clarity and understand why we could move on. But when it's how they're doing it at the moment, it's embarrassing. When you say refs are telling you to go down, are they, are they almost saying, like, give me a reason? What are they saying? Yeah, that, that really, isn't it? Like, help me out. Like, you're a big guy. Guys just smashed you and you just stood up going, what's happening? If someone came into your house, do you think you could push past Son like that to get into his house? <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're going to stand strong and go, no, no, it's not happening. Now, in a previous episode, you'll recall we heard from the former Spurs manager, Harry Redknapp, explaining why Harry Kane will stay at Spurs. Daniel drives the hardest bargain in the world. Unless he gets what he wants, and it's a deal that suits Tottenham, going to demand a King's ransom for him. Well, coming up, you'll also hear from another former Tottenham gaffer, Tim Sherwood, yeah? He actually did back in the day, as well as Danny Murphy. But here's Jamie O'Hara claiming Spurs should sell Kane to rebuild the squad. 
looking at it as a Spurs fan, you don't want him to ever leave the football club. But if he is going to leave and you're outside the top four and they, there needs to be a rebuild there, like the club mm. is a joke and I mean, the players are not good enough, no desire, no heart, we'll, we'll get into that. You look at it and you say, as, you know, he's right, Troy, you say Deli Ali, Harry Kane, Lamella, Sanchez, Eric Dyer, thinking we could raise 200 million here and build a new team. It might not be Harry Kane, but you could sign six or seven new style players, young, hungry, vibrant, that want to take Spurs to a new level. First time ball in, and Harry Kane heads it in. That is a superb England goal. I don't know him personally to know that he desperately wants to leave, but I would suggest everything I'm reading in terms of his comments and when he's spoken in the past that he wants to win things, and he's not going to win anything staying there. Harry Kane's situation, Harry loves that football club. He's going to have a big decision to make. He's got to sit down with the manager, Jose at the moment, and with Daniel Levy and see if the ambitions of the football club match his own. Now, the ambitions of Harry Kane, without even talking to him, I can tell you, is to win trophies. Now, if he thinks he can win trophies at Tottenham, he'll want to stay and he will stay there. If he thinks he can't, then unfortunately, he's going to have to leave. But the only thing I would say to her is who can afford to buy him? In the world we're in at the moment with this pandemic, you know, I don't think there is many clubs out there who can afford to buy Harry Kane. Now, James Madison was one of three Leicester players dropped from their defeat against West Ham after a COVID-19 breach. Both Adrian Durham and Danny Murphy feel that he may have blown his chances of playing for England at this summer's Euros. And here's Jamie O'Hara, who feels that Madison can't be trusted after this latest misdemeanor. And the person who's going to have the biggest regret out of this for me is James Madison, because Mm -hmm. I think he's just... He's just put himself out of the England side. You know, Euros is done for him now because he can't be he can't be trusted, and he can't. And he, you know, he's happened before. I think was it a casino incident? I think they had before, and Southgate wasn't happy about it. Now this, and he will have huge regrets. And I know this as being a player myself, and you know, not reaching the potential that you probably should reach. He will look at this situation in a few years and go back and go, I wish I didn't do that, and I wish I took I took that responsibility. More and when you're a young lad, you this is you know, when you're a young lad, you got money, you're enjoying life, you're driving nice cars, you can do what you want, and you get carried away, and you think you're invincible, and you think you're invisible, and you can get away with everything. You can't, nobody can have any sympathy for these Leicester players whatsoever. I'm, I'm personally of the view, in fact, I'm I would say I'm 100% certain that James Madison will not be going to the Euros, it just won't be happening, yeah, will it? I'm, I'm certainly won't be in the squad either. And he's, listen, he's a, this is a really good footballer. This is a guy who earlier this season did an interview that was so articulate and so much common sense that we all started to fall in love with him a little bit. Everybody loved James Madison. They thought, yeah, what, what a great guy to have on your team. What a great guy to have in your squad. And he might be. All you're hearing now is people saying, oh, yeah, they're, they're really good lads, but come on. I mean, if, if, you, if you are really good lads, then you don't have the party. If you're really good lads, then you don't break the lockdown laws. My objective coming into to Leicester City was to create standards on and off the pitch. And the standards fell way below what we'd expect, in particular at this time of the season when we're challenging and uh, and fighting to, to finish off a really exciting season. See, Gareth Southgate, similarly to what Brendan's talking about, Gareth's p- produced a level of standard of behaviour. And he's had to deal with quite a few episodes, hasn't he? We've dealt with him on the show. Where England players have stepped out of line and Gareth's made the rule, you know, Gareth doesn't put up with that. The worst thing that you can do as a footballer, and I've felt this, is when you come to the end, football ends. And it ends quickly. And it's not like a business where you can make mistakes and you can start another business and, and learn from their mistakes. When football's gone, it's gone. You're done. And you can't have regrets. 
and I've got a lot of regrets. And I just look at someone like James Madison, who, you know, I was a, I was a party boy, I liked going out, enjoying things, and I look back and go, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I didn't go on that night out. I wish I didn't get caught doing mm -hmm. that. And you, when your career ends, you don't want that feeling because he's a great football player with a lot of ability. So if Jesse or Messi Lingard started at this summer's Euros, which player would be dropped by Gareth Southgate? Here's Adrian Durham to explain exactly what he'd do. When he uh, joined West Ham uh, on loan, I don't think any of us no. thought it was going to go like this. Nine games, eight goals, three assists for Jesse Lingard. <laughs> He's been truly sensational. He's got his place back in the England squad. He's been phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal in his time. He's going to the Euros. I don't think there's any doubt about that. For me right now, when I look at... And I know we've got a lot of players for those kind of positions in the England team. But he starts for England. He starts... And I'm even saying he starts ahead of Sterling on current form. Lingard wins it back for West Ham. Looks to burst into the penalty area. Supported by Fornells. Lingard continues! And that's a brilliant goal from Jesse Lingard! Oh my God, has he turned into Maradona? I haven't seen football from a British player like this for years since the days of George Best. If he gets West Ham in the top four, it'd be phenomenal. And Moyes will be manager of the year because Man City are not going to win the quad. They're not going to win the European Cup. They're not going to win the FA Cup. They're probably going to win the League Cup and they're definitely going to win the League Championship. But Jesse Lingard, he should be number one player for England and they should build a team around it. I don't know who's been talking to him, been advising him, but he is brilliant. But he's always been a maverick. He's always done it. If I remember, he won you a, an FA Cup once, mm. got you the winning goal. I've always liked him. I like his character and personality. And I just think he's just been let loose. Now, in the last episode of the podcast, we heard from the first female jockey, Rachel Blackmore, to win the Grand National. Well, Adrian Durham thinks we could see more women and men's sport combined in the future. But first, here's Laurel Woods on this famous victory and how it could inspire younger girls in the sport. What she's actually done and what she's achieved is more than just winning a race. It's a generational change and it will. Little girls will look up and go, oh, look, I can do that and I will do that. I think it's amazing. We have history! The first lady jockey to win the Grand National is Manella Times and Rachel Blackmore and it's been won for the first time by a lady jockey. We can't imagine women and men playing in the same team or against each other at rugby or football or whatever. I, I can't help thinking that at some point in the future that might change and, and uh, I'm trying to adjust a mindset for that and if you'd said and, and the reason why I'm saying that is because if you'd said to people what 20-30 years ago you know a female jockey will win the Grand National they'd have left you out of town they'd have said it would not be possible they haven't got the physical attributes for it they can't they haven't got the stamina for it all these nonsense things that are being proved wrong well she has and it's like last week when I said what can a male referee do that a female ref can't and there is nothing Rachel Blackmore has answered that question in racing now as well there's nothing that a male jockey can do that a female jockey can't this is the Grand National this is massively physically demanding this will inspire other female jockeys and other women who want to make a breakthrough in a man's world in a male dominated sport so I think this is one of the most amazing moments in modern sporting history, I think.
Well, that's nearly it for another podcast. The thing, let me remind you of live football are coming your way from 6pm tonight on TalkSport 2. Exclusive, don't you know? You can hear live commentary of Sheffield Wednesday against Swansea in the Championship at 8pm. Come on the Porto. You can hear live commentary on TalkSport of Chelsea against Porto. Come on the Porto. And over on TalkSport 2, I haven't got a dog in this fight, 8pm, it's PSG against Bayern Munich. That's it. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm back on my show, Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday from 10pm tonight, alongside the fun boy, of course, taking your calls after the Chelsea game. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcasts out first in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Till then, thanks for listening. Have a great day. And above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.